0: Welcome to the Hollywood Hustle Podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Lutheran, and for today's side hustle, we will be going back in time to get you ready for our annual Halloween Hustle movie commentary next week. Now, before we get into the main business of today's episode, I wanted to catch you, our League of Hustle, up to date with some really exciting news, both on the podcast front and then also for Daniel Tuttle as well as myself. Now, as of today, October 22nd, 2019, We have crossed over 26,000 plays of this podcast since we launched the show back in 2017. That's 26,000 times someone such as yourself joined us to get some inspiration, to support another's hustle, to support Daniel and myself. And from the bottom of my heart, I just want to thank you guys so much. There's a reason why we call our community The League of Hustle. And that's because you keep coming back week after week, sharing with us your dreams, the results, and your determination. Daniel and I have been meeting a lot outside of the podcast to talk about how to grow this show and this brand and to make it the best that it can be. And I just want you to know that the League of Hustle is at the heart of every one of those conversations. We want to build this brand and this show for you. So if you've joined us for the first time, welcome to the family. If you love conversations with artists and hustlers, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And if you love the show, which we hope you do, please leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. Just doing that simple step really helps us reach more listeners such as yourself. Speaking of family, please join me in welcoming the latest Tuttle to the world. That's right, my brother and host Daniel Tuttle is expecting his second child to be born Today, October 22nd. We don't know if it's going to be a boy or a girl, but what I do know is that this child is going to be born into an incredible and loving family with Daniel, Angie, and their son, Nolan. So please send your messages of love and congrats to Daniel on social media. He is at Daniel Tuttle, T-U-T-T-E-L. And I'm sure he would absolutely love to hear from our League of Hustle on this very special and important day. And if a child being born isn't news enough, I'm also getting married in two days. On Thursday, October 24th, I'll be walking down the aisle with the love of my life, Anna Karen Ranhell, and we'll be tying the knot. And to make his week even busier, Daniel will be officiating the wedding. We are so excited. Anna Karen and I have been in a constant state of wedding mode for the past week. Our living room right now is literally packed to the brim with decorations and pumpkins because, of course... We're bringing some Halloween magic into the wedding. So if you have any wedding advice for me on how to get through the day, I will definitely need it on Thursday. I am at Michael Lutheran on all social media platforms if you want to share those thoughts with me. Uh, I'll definitely be needing some breather reminders, you know, because it's going to be quite an important day. But what's new with your hustle this week? We'd love to know and support you reach out to our show on Twitter we're at LA Hustlecast and on Facebook and Instagram we are at Hollywood Hustle Podcast. You can also send us a voice message via Anchor FM, simply download the podcast app or visit our page on your computer. Hit follow and then you can send us a 60 second message with any wins or hustle updates that you have so that we can share them with our community in next week's episode. All right. Now that we've got the podcast announcements, life announcements all out of the way, let's get to today's Side Hustle. Last week, you got to hear our awesome interview with cinematographer Brendan Ugamba. We talked about his experiences working on Riverdale for the CW Network, as well as Netflix's The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. But of course, we spent a lot of time covering his adventures capturing the killer doll, Chucky, in the 2019 remake of Child's Play. So, when my fellow host Daniel and I were planning on the Halloween film commentary episode, we thought it would be most fitting to watch the original Child's Play with returning guests Todd and Ashley Mary Nunez. Todd is a horror filmmaker, of such instant classics like Scary Larry and All Through the House. And Ashley is an actress, scream queen, and cosplay model known for her portrayal of Wonder Woman. And together, they create a sibling duo that loves and makes horror films. Now, we interviewed them all the way back in season one, a time when Daniel and I were still figuring out what we were doing with this podcast. So you are forgiven if you haven't had the time to check out those interviews yet which is why I wanted to bring them to you now. A preview of the past, if you will. That way, you get to know all the key components about Todd and Ashley when they join us next week, but to also inspire you to check out their full interview series. So, let's rewind. Even from the very start of this show, we were fascinated by our guests' journeys to Los Angeles. And for Ashley and Todd... Theirs started in Northern California.
1: Um, You grew up uh, in uh, Contra Costa, California?
2: Well, uh, Contra Costa County. Ah, gotcha, So yes, I was actually born in San Pablo, California, which is near Richmond. Right,
0: and that's
1: in NoCal,
0: correct?
2: Yes, but I grew up majority of my life in Vacaville.
0: To this day, this is perhaps one of my top favorite moments of all of our interviews, because then this moment happened right afterwards.
2: Majority of my life in Vacaville. Oh, That's where he's from. No, That's where I went to Becca, High. I went to Bandit. Okay,
0: is he went to Bandit,
2: fair, fair, I know where Bandit is.
0: Air
1: Force those is. We
2: competed against each other.
1: <laughs> For those who have been listening, you know that Michael, our producer, is from Vacaville. We are yes. just so discovering They just, this. They just discovered <laughs> this. also our sound Los editor.
0: Los Angeles is one of the largest cities of the United States. Back in 2017, the U.S. Census Bureau estimated the population was at 4 million people. And out of the 4 million in 2017, two of the three people sitting in this conference room happen to be from the same small town. Thus the saying goes, Los Angeles is the largest small town you'll That's ever hilarious. see. <laughs> you
1: should, Michael's face when she said Vacaville was almost like he just, she just said, you're having a child. It's like, a <laughs> moment of like, like just amazing surprise. It was amazing. I'm not making fun of it. It was so great to see the space. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, now,
0: is- when Daniel asked Ashley about her childhood in Vacaville, Ashley talked about the importance of comic books, TV, film, and of course, her brother Todd.
1: So, what's your earliest memories of like film and television?
2: Uh, my earliest memories is like that's all I remember. Mm-hmm. Like, I seriously was brought up with uh, film and uh, Wonder Woman. <laughs> like, 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 my brother pretty much raised me from the day I was born because he was dying to have a, a sister that he <laughs> could turn into, like, a scream queen.
1: Because <laughs> he was big. He, I mean, he was obviously big in horror. at the yes. He introduced you into yes. the horror genre, correct?
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. I, see, he, my mom and dad kind of censored a little bit mm-hmm. with the horror films until he finally begged my grandpa mm-hmm. to have him go see, I think it was like Friday the 13th part, some, uh, which part was it? Three or four? I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. It's his Hopefully history. three. <laughs> but, but he begged him to go see it in the theaters oh, cool. and my grandpa took him. He was kind of like, what did I just take my grandson <laughs> to see? But uh, since then, you know, he uh, begged to see Halloween and once mm-hmm. he saw Halloween, it was over. He knew exactly what he wanted to do.
0: Already we're diving into the Nunez's love for horror movies. So let's jump over to our conversation with Todd. Now, just a heads up, the audio from this interview may sound a little off. Like I said, this was from the early days of the podcast, and Todd's episode was actually one of the first episodes that I edited. And there are certainly a few things that I wish I could go back and tell myself, but always forward, right? So now at such an early age, Todd was trying his best to see horror films in the movie theaters, but his first memory of film may actually surprise you.
3: Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, the, the wizard of Oz was, it uh, was huge to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it only came on like once a year and that year that it came on, I would just sit by the, the clock and watch it tick. Right. And just because it was such a movie that, uh, that moved me. Mm -hmm. you know not just because it was the singing and the dancing and all that but there was this darkness to it as well Mm -hmm. as this brightness there was this counter going on this good versus evil it was so clear to me right and i was so drawn to it Mm -hmm. that it made sense that i would be into superheroes and horror movies (laughs) and i I really believe that it all started there with the wizard of oz i
1: I mean there's so many artistic expressions it was the black and white in kansas and then going into the color tones Oh, and the music, and like you said, with the Wicked Witch, and the counterbalance between Good Witch and Bad Witch, yes. and things like that, where they also almost seem like sisters in a way. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, what's your first, is your first memory of the horror genre that well, you have? Well,
3: yeah, my, my mom kept me from mm. horror movies. You, you wouldn't, I mean- How dare so, she? I know, I, can you- Mama mean, Nunes. It? Well, she was like a lot of parents who were thinking that horror movies were bad, mm-hmm. and they would scare you, and- I was scared of the Wicked Witch. So certainly I couldn't handle anything Mm -hmm. tougher than that. But my cousins uh, had HBO and (laughs) they told me about this movie called Halloween and we were going to sneak down late at night when everybody was asleep. Mm. We were going to watch the scary movie and it sounded exciting, but I had no idea what I was like, (laughs) completely blindsided.
1: William Shatner and mass murdering people. (laughs) Absolutely.
3: It, It was the most terrifying thing that I had ever seen. I didn't even know how I made it through the third act of that movie mm. because I didn't know that she was gonna survive. Right, You know, like we know today. I mean, this is an experience mm-hmm. that I'll never have again, you mm-hmm. know? So seeing Jamie De Curtis fighting for her life and trying to rescue those kids was absolutely the most terrifying thing I had ever seen. And I loved it and I wanted more and it was on.
0: It was most certainly on. Todd knew that he loved horror movies, but what's more, but what's that journey of going from being just a fan of the genre to making attempts in that genre look like?
3: Nobody was really into what I was doing. So I was that kid, you know, that horror kid. Like, mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I was always doing uh, my own little movies I, I got a video camera I was one of the, families didn't even have video cameras and, and I had a video camera <laughs> you were set yes I was set and I was doing babysitter massacre and uh, vacation <laughs> in hell every time we had a spring break I would uh, our a uh, 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 weekend I would get a bunch of friends together and find ways to kill them
1: you know I read in an interview that you did and I was you know I wanted to do some research to make sure I didn't ask a lot of the same questions um, but I saw that you you wrote your own play versions of uh, 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 Friday the 13th 1 and 2 is that yes, correct? Yes
3: I did I did uh, That's amazing Yeah in fact it was the first play when I got to uh, high school and I saw the stage and the drama teacher took us to the light booth mm-hmm. and showed us all these reds and different kinds of spotlights and my mind just started going I got really really excited <laughs> I'll never forget that moment and and I really thought you know I'm going to do Friday the 13th that's the first play I'm going to do I think that you know people won't make fun of me for being in drama if I come out swinging with something like that Right. and that's exactly what happened and my my drama teacher bless his soul was uh did not want to censor me was not into horror movies mm-hmm. but he supported me that's he awesome supported me in every single play that i did
1: well i told uh ashley this uh when we interviewed her my theater director's name was jason michael Krueger, <laughs> and he was born before any of those movies oh really came out. really yeah Oh, that's a great name. <laughs> right, I was like, man, that must have been great when you were
0: dating after those.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> What's your name, Jason Michael? Gr-
0: a uh, theater well, teacher by the name of Jason Michael Kruger? That's a horror film waiting to be written. Please send us your story pitches or mock poster designs to us via Twitter at La Hustlecast. So Todd discovered that he wanted to be a storyteller, whether it was on stage or as many of you out there can relate, making your own homemade movies. As a newly minted director... He, of course, needed actors to play out his stories. And he looked no further than his own little sister. Here's Ashley talking about her first acting roles with her brother Todd and what it was about acting that appealed to her.
1: Um, what, so he, obviously, I think it seems like he pushed you into acting. What's the first like role you remember doing? Uh,
2: first role that I remember, well, I did a lot of his plays. He was like... He went to Benicia High, mm-hmm. and he made drama cool. But I guess on camera, mm-hmm. one of the first things I, I was—I think I was a stuffed animal that came to life.
0: <laughs> what was it, other
1: than you know, obviously playing pretend especially as a kid is always mm-hmm. fun. Like what you know, what was it for you that kind of like I really enjoy doing this? Like what was it about it that really caught your caught your fancy, if you will?
2: Um, I think maybe just being able to. Live different lives. Mm-hmm. I I loved being different and trying new things and putting myself in other people's shoes right. and uh, carrying that and just seeing you know what it's like because we only have one life to live. We can't live all lives, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So mm-hmm. that was that would be definitely one of the things that drew me to acting. Okay. Being able to, like, just going to classes, acting classes, mm-hmm. you get to touch on a lot of, you know, different characters. Mm-hmm. And one thing is, like, being able to find that connection from that character with you, like, right. finding you in them. And it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> it's a
1: great
0: feeling. <laughs> Strong female characters always appeal to Ashley. And that is probably tied to her passion for superheroes.
2: I believe that I I grew up just believing strong female like Mm -hmm. you know so I grew like I came out of my mom Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's
1: where we come from
2: Uh. in Wonder Woman underoos (laughs) you know so I kind of came out powerful Mm -hmm. in a way right (laughs) I'd like to think so I kind of was just drawn from the day I don't remember a day in my life where Wonder Woman Batgirl like they weren't a Mm -hmm. part of me right but yeah I think it definitely helped me growing up because I remain kind of I was an athlete. Mm-hmm. So I ran track, you know, competitively for over 15 years. Right. And it was kind of like, I've always been very, very competitive and wanting to be the best me. And I think... My love for Wonder Woman and Batgirl were, mm. was a huge part of that. And the fact that I have four older brothers. <laughs> Maybe I should put that in
1: there. <laughs> four older brothers and you can kick their butts uh, down, up and down and up. You know all what? I was all the right. only
2: one that did sports. <laughs> so uh, training wise, mm. you know, who knows? <laughs> who knows? I'm older now.
0: Embracing her love for Wonder Woman would actually play a much larger role in Ashley's ultimate decision to move to Los Angeles. In middle school, Ashley left acting to focus on track and sports, but her love for the craft never left. Like many, she had tried building a normal life.
2: So, I was working as a probation counselor in Contra Costa County okay. at a, a juvenile hall. And, you know, I really have mad respect for the workers there because it can be very mentally draining and kind of depressing especially when you have children or have a child because i have a child and he was an infant and little toddler during the time that i worked as a probation counselor and i would go from working back to home and be completely exhausted and you know not being able to give my son the full attention that i know that he deserves Mm -hmm. and just seeing the counselors you know They've, they've gone years and years doing this and every day that I would go in, it would be a little depressing and I'm, I'm not, I can't live a normal life. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love change. And uh, I can't imagine sitting down doing the same thing every single day, especially in a field that can be depressing. So that's why I give a lot of respect for anyone in law enforcement because they have to deal with a lot of, you know, tough situations. Mm-hmm. So uh, just seeing that, and then during that time, my my brother was, you know, he's already living here, and I just decided to uh, take two weeks off and come visit here and during that time it was like October so I brought my Wonder Woman costume out Mm -hmm. and uh you know driving by and seeing some characters and stuff on Hollywood Boulevard Mm -hmm. I was like hmm I wonder you know if I just brought out Wonder Woman what would the response be right I had no idea that people were out there working for you know tips right so when I first went out, I did not ask anything. So, when someone would give me something, I'm mm-hmm. like, "Wow, this is amazing."
1: <laughs> Somebody's giving me money just to take pictures with me.
2: Just to take pictures and, you know, then there will be some people who didn't cuz mm-hmm. I I didn't know what the what it was like. I didn't right. know if you ask or or, or what, just mm-hmm. or they give it to you. That's cool. Right. So we ended up using that money. We went to like mills and ate out and <laughs> reminisced about the night. And then when I went back home, I was like, that's kind of fun. And then I'd go back to my job and mm, this that's is when it's not as fun. So then I'd be home for two weeks working, doing not so fun, mm. you know, thinking about the fun that I had and then plan another trip. Mm. And so that kind of went on for about a year. I would do like two weeks here, two weeks here. So I I ended up constantly working. So it's not like I really took two weeks off because I was working while I was here as well. And uh, ended up meeting some, you know, great people. And it kind of just inspired me to move.
0: When you're walking that fine line of whether or not you should move away from home, it always helps if you know someone in that new destination that can provide you that immediate sense of community. Or better yet family. And with Todd already living here in LA, Ashley had that and more. Now we're going to take just a quick break, but when we come back, we'll pick up on Todd's journey to Los Angeles, as well as some advice he wished he had when he moved here. Welcome back. Now we've just covered Ashley's journey to Los Angeles. We covered how she developed a love for this city, as well as the opportunity for creativity it offered her when she would visit her brother, Todd, who was already living down here. So now let's backtrack a bit and find out his journey to Los Angeles. Um, I I believe I saved up
3: a little bit of money. Uh, A girlfriend of mine that I was dating at the time, she was going to UCLA. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go to UCLA and and do screenwriting classes. She got accepted. And so it was, that was it. It was like, that was going to happen. She was going to move. So I was going to do it too.
1: Right. So you moved with her.
3: A bit, well, I, I, we didn't move together, okay. but we moved at the same time.
1: Gotcha. Um, what do you feel that that helped your move, knowing that you knew somebody here Absolutely. already?
3: absolutely it does it helps to have somebody to cry to and complain to and, and talk about this is awful here
1: <laughs> especially someone that does she want to be an actress was she in she that Wanted role? to be an actress yes. and so so you had somebody kind of in that world that you yes, guys understood absolutely together the, the the hardships of it absolutely and
3: we were into all the same things and the superheroes and and uh you know horror movies all that and and also we were we were realizing the hardship of Hollywood.
1: Right. Together. <laughs> what? There's hardship living yes. in Hollywood? I, yes. I would never know that. Yeah. Um, what would you say were the biggest differences you noticed right off the bat between the Bay Area, Vacaville area, and L.A.? Uh,
3: that That there people always wanted to hear what you had to say. And people mm. were interested. When you had a story, when you can capture somebody's attention, they wanted to hear it. People want a good story. Mm. But here stories are everywhere. And nobody wants to hear your story because they always they know what the next question's gonna be. Mm. You know? Now will you make my story? <laughs> <laughs> now do you have money, you know? <laughs> so people try to I don't wanna hear about your story. Yeah.
1: I totally understand that. If you could go back to how long have you been lived in LA now?
3: Oh I've I've lived in LA. It's been Almost 20
1: years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's say you yourself now could go back 20 years to you right before, like the day before you moved to LA. Yeah. What would you tell your, what advice would you give yourself?
3: I would, I would tell myself to keep doing what I had been doing. Hmm. Okay. what happened was that I thought that there was supposed to be a different way once I got here. When in reality, a lot of people today are doing exactly what I was doing all along. Only I didn't have YouTube Mm -hmm. and I didn't have the ability to distribute a film and Mm -hmm. I didn't have the kinds of cameras that are available now. Mm -hmm. But that's that's what I was doing. And if I had just stuck with that, because that's when I got on the map was when I I reevaluated my life and my situation. And I just decided, you know what, I'm going to do. What I had always should have been doing.
0: Right, absolutely. Do, do what you feel you were made to do. Yes. So now that we know Todd's timeline, we're going to jump back over to Ashley and the time span that it took between her visits to her brother to finally moving to Los Angeles and what her first initial impressions of the city were.
1: What was like the span of time between I'm doing it to it happening?
2: Okay, there was really no I'm doing it, <laughs> it kind of just happened. Okay. And so how it happened was. The duration of the time, the two weeks, just got longer. Okay. For the stay in LA. <laughs> and
1: so just, just one time just didn't go. I back. just
2: stayed, you know, <laughs> and it kind of was like that. I mm-hmm. remember being in LA and putting in my two weeks notice at my job, and oh, wow. I just ended up taking that two weeks off. Okay. So I didn't have to work mm-hmm. my last two weeks. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, my stay just got, like, longer The two weeks, turns into months, turned into, like, a couple months. And my stay going back at home mm-hmm. was more of me, like, bringing my, a little bit of my stuff back. Right. So uh, that's really how the it's like. was like in. slowly
1: moving into a boyfriend's house, just, like, slowly bringing <laughs> one thing and then a few things. And, and it, then slowly yeah. just kind of bringing in. I get you.
2: Yes, that's pretty much how it worked. And I think what kind of sealed the deal mm-hmm. with me living here is, since my last stay that I had, it had been several months that I was just here mm-hmm. and uh, enrolling my son into kindergarten. Once I enrolled him into kindergarten, there's no yeah, turning it's lot, back. It's, <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm here to stay. Yeah, I guess I'm staying. I'm going staying.
1: nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, when you were coming down for your visits and things like that, what were the first like initial impressions you had of L.A.?
2: Um, I, this is where I need to live. Mm-hmm. This was. I'm like, this, was, this is... Me, mm-hmm. you know, uh, everything that I love to do, mm-hmm. I could do it here. Mm-hmm. And just the vibe, just the living, the atmosphere. I, I love it mm-hmm. here. I know that there's different, you know, opinions about L.A., and <laughs> but it's not like I've never been here before. Because right. my brother's been here for, uh, you know, since he graduated mm-hmm. uh, high school. So he's been here forever and we come to visit him all the time. Right. So was something that I was still very familiar with when I was making my two weeks here and two weeks off and coming back. So by the time I moved here, it wasn't anything really new to me. I, I mm. just knew that this is where I needed to live for what I want to do.
0: So now both Nunez siblings were in Los Angeles and it didn't take them long to find an opportunity to work together. You see, Todd wanted to get started right away after graduating from film school. So he devised the film Scary Larry. So we're going to go to him talking about creating that film as well as learning the level of respect to have yeah, you also, on set. Your neck,
1: one of your other films was Scary Larry, yeah. um, which I love the name because it's just it, to me. It's like it's that horror film you see on the shelf. I kind of have to rent that. <laughs> like it's just it just has this name like who's Scary Larry. Yeah. Where what What inspired that film?
3: Well, that is exactly after I got out of film school, you know, and talking with a lot of people who graduated uh, with me and mm-hmm. how difficult it was to get your foot in the door. Not at all like they try to tell you when they want to get you in film school or check your money. Right. But it is very difficult to just jump out of film school and get a directing gig. No. Yeah. Shocking, right?
1: <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> it's hard to get a job after school.
3: Yeah. You know, that summer blockbuster, you're going to have to put on the back burner. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: I mean you weren't offered Transformers right when you got out of school? No,
3: no, I heard I was in the running. <laughs> I would have the loved school to, told me that. I would have loved to see Transformers directed yeah. by Todd Nunez. Yeah. Right. That
1: would have been fantastic. Yeah. W-
3: well <laughs> We'll see. But what happened what happened with Scary Larry was what I had been feeling, what I'd been accumulating within me about going back to doing What I had been doing and not feeling like, oh, I missed out because, Mm -hmm. you know, if I'd only been born, you know, 10 years later, you know, whatever, I would have hit that mark instead of feeling like that going, well, we could do it now. Right. We could do it now. We could get a little bit of money together. We can get some friends together and we can make this movie. Right. And we put the certain elements all together, like the name Scary Larry. You know, I sat around thinking of what could I, what kind of name can we have? That's just catchy. Right. That and then sort of built a movie around that.
1: So you took the name and then just took built. The a, oh, that's awesome. so. What was you know how did what was your process with that? So once you got the name, what was your next the step? The killer, for you?
3: okay, because then it's like once they see the name, mm-hmm. you got to show them the killer because that's the other selling point. We mm-hmm. don't have a celebrity,
1: right? We right. don't
3: have anything like that going on, so we have to create something that's going to capture people's attention.
1: Absolutely. So you talked about you know the creating the killer first. What do you feel makes a good horror film killer.
3: Well, I mean it, it's always great. I I am a big fan of the mask. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it, it cannot stop there. Mm-hmm. Like you I've seen like great mask and then it just the, the movie doesn't deliver because mm-hmm. the the killer doesn't have a great uh, backstory. Right. Or even sort of that, that hint of, of sympathy. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important because I think it creeps people out when they identify right with somebody like that. Absolutely. And it makes the it makes your villain a little bit more real because More we're tangible. dealing with something very campy and very mm-hmm. over the top
1: right i mean one of my favorite and i think i told ashley this and michael this when we record with ashley one of my favorite horror films is the strangers yeah. because it was one of those movies like this could happen to yeah. you and like that's one of the things i love it was tangible it was something yeah. you could literally like i could hear someone walking in my house yeah right. and like just standing behind me you know um so uh, with scary larry uh you, you you have the idea you've you've created the killer uh you, how long did it take you to write the script?
3: You know, it didn't take me that long to write the script and I mean, we probably will never see Scary Larry, probably <laughs> never make the light of day. Um but it was it was just to be sort of a stepping stone, mm-hmm. kind of a fun, let's just We'll kill a bunch of people. Right. We'll we'll give a little backstory. We'll set it out in the woods. And we'll go and we'll just do this damn thing mm-hmm. and get it out there so that we can move on and do something right else.
1: Nice. Um now you, that was your first collaboration with your sister, actually. Yes. Um what you know, was it natural to reach out to her to be like, hey, I yes. want you in this?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I mean I don't think it was ever really a question of whether mm-hmm. or not she would be in it. Mm-hmm. It was like if I was doing a horror movie, then I definitely <laughs> would have her in it. She was in The Fog Lady. She mm. was in the movies I did when I was younger and right. she was little. <laughs> I, I did have to. I don't know if she told you that I had to fire her when she was like three or four. Oh, heartbreaking. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it was, It was. you know, I had to, to fire her. That's got to be in off. the behind
1: the music of Ashley Mary Nunez <laughs> yeah. when her brother had to fire her. Yes. The, the heartache <laughs> and how she took that along with her through life.
0: But yeah. I kind of want to imagine like it's Todd, Right now, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, we have to take
1: that into account, right? We've done seventeen takes, and yes. you're just not getting it.
3: Yeah, yeah, she wasn't. She wasn't feeling it. I wasn't. I wasn't getting from her what I needed. And uh, and my other younger brother. Was uh, they were always in competition? Her and my other my other brother and I kept saying, "If you don't do this right,
1: then he's gonna have part." Oh, her. you but you you put them against each other. Of course,
3: <laughs> of course, it it works.
1: The the great big brother tactic. Yeah, I love it. Um, you know, what was it like? Uh, you know, working with her on set. What was the you know? How did you guys communicate? Was it easy to separate? Like we're brother and sister when you know we're off set on set we're a director and actress you know how is that like for you guys
3: i think it's exactly like that Mm -hmm. and that just is something that just sort of happens Mm -hmm. uh she knows what's on my shoulders right and she wants me to to get the most out of the day and out of the scene Mm -hmm. uh, because when you're dealing with independent movies and and you don't have very much money you got to work really fast right so there is a, a a respect
1: good and I think that's I, mean, I think that's one of the most you know we've talked several times about partnerships and collaborations on this podcast where you know one of the biggest things that comes up a lot is respect and trust yeah. in that person whether they're you know their family or just friends. Yeah. Um, that's one of the biggest things that you have to have is that respect for each other so that you can separate that personal yes. from business yes. when it when it comes down to separating them.
0: Daniel asked Ashley about this respect in our interview with her and how their sibling dynamic goes into the filmmaking process when they work together now
1: when you're is it when you're on set is it like he is todd the director and you're mm. you know ashley the actress and so there is a little you still obviously have the brother and sister so yeah. but it's very much like he's the director i'm the actress mm-hmm. i know he's in charge yes so when you do have a moment of heatedness how do you guys usually resolve it
2: but we really haven't had too many of those mm-hmm. on set okay you know to be honest that's we good we really haven't um like I said, on set, it's very, very professional. And mm-hmm. um, I, if I have like an idea to maybe help something, mm-hmm. you know, I may shoot it at him. Right. But if I'm not going to push anything, if right. that's not his vision or mm-hmm. anything, then, you know, it's all what he wants. Mm-hmm. And so he can take it. And sometimes he has. Good. That's good, you know, for him. And if there's something, you know, then I mean, I'm usually a good eye on set I love being a part of the whole filmmaking process right
1: Well, I was gonna say taking off that like what have you learned from working with him like what have you grown how have you grown oh my gosh I've,
2: I've learned so much respect for indie filmmakers mm-hmm. and appreciation for the time that we do get more like which we will be getting a bigger budget for mm-hmm. death war 13 Yay. so I'm excited I'm really excited for my brother and mm-hmm. having this moment Mm -hmm. um you know just moving on up just Mm -hmm. keep moving on up to that studio budget film (laughs) but what comes along with that is um, I have when we get there I'm going to remember where we came from absolutely you know there are some directors that have the opportunity and the money was just flowing at them Mm -hmm. that they don't really know Mm -hmm. (laughs) the the hardships that is you know on (laughs) on set of Mm -hmm. an indie film and you're wearing like Ten hats, you know. Yeah. I'm an actor wearing ten hats.
0: Since Scary Larry, Todd and Ashley have continued to collaborate on multiple projects. Daniel asks Todd about the evolution he's noticed in his career, his stories, and most importantly, the characters in his films. Between,
1: like, let's say, you know, Scary Larry, and you know, Death Ward 13, how do you feel you've evolved as a director?
3: Um, I feel like I've evolved a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that at one point with Scary Larry, you know, you have I had to come on the set and it's like you have that in the back of your head, just never let him see you sweat. Right. I, I always knew that and I was always very good at that. Mm-hmm. And even if I didn't know if a, a curveball came at me, right. I always acted like I knew. Right. And there's a process that happens between playing that kind of part mm-hmm. and then suddenly you're, you're on set and you're not really playing it anymore. Mm-hmm. You're not really having to think about it. You're coming on and you're, you're just doing it. Right. So um, I've noticed that about myself. That's awesome.
1: Um, how about as a writer? Have you, know, have you seen yourself evolve as a writer?
3: Yeah, writing, I, I think that I have evolved a lot more, especially when you see Death Ward 13. Mm-hmm. And um, whereas doing all through the house because it was a, a low budget movie, um, you want to sort of play off that campiness because it's it's far more forgiving when you're doing something that's low budget. Like right, people won't be as on you about certain things mm-hmm. that don't sort of play off as well. Right, but with Death War Thirteen, it's a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. It's uh, there's more money involved, there's bigger stars involved, and so the script has to be much more on par and so it's really about in these movies it's about the characters Mm -hmm. and that was one of i think the things that i have evolved a lot since All Through the House of Death War 13. Right. Is that a lot of, you know, I can write a scary scene. I can write a gory scene. Mm. I can write something that's going to make people, you know, go, ew, and I'm not afraid to go there with it. Right. But filling in the blanks of that with characters that people care about. Right. And that are interested in, at the very least. Right. Um, Changes everything. Right. It
0: changes everything. Now, in their respective episodes, we dive in much further. For Ashley, we go into what it was like as to be a single mother trying to balance her renewed passion for acting in this new city with the responsibilities of being a parent. We also go into her journey of becoming a robot fighter. Yes, you heard that correctly. And the obstacles she had to face while making horror movies. For Todd, we dive into further into his filmography, breaking down the process of submitting for film festivals to building a loyal crew and so much more. But before we go, I wanted to share with you some key pieces of advice that I think would be super important for you to hear now so that you can start applying it to your hustle. And we'll get to that advice right after these words from our sponsor. All right, guys, welcome back. Now, before the break, we were just about to get into advice territory, so let's get right back into it. The first is from Ashley, and it focuses on channeling and noting your feelings.
2: Uh, but right now, you know, starting off, one of the things that I'm learning is to take notes of all the feelings that you get throughout the day. You know, kind of like stop, think, and break it down because it may come up in a scene or a character. Right. So uh, yeah. So whenever you have those feelings, don't think of it as a negative thing. You can use it. So if you are angry, you can still use it and apply it to your your acting. Right. Absolutely. And always just to stay positive.
1: No. Absolutely. Oh, I think (laughs) think, here you have to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! Absolutely. I, I think it's always good to have some sort of chip on your shoulder a little bit. It's Mm -hmm. not, you know, as long as you don't let it overwhelm you Mm -hmm. um, and kind of, you know, don't let the anger become who you are. Yeah. But like you said, refocus it to be like, no, I'm going to show them I can do this. Yeah. I, you know, taking, you know, when I I was in choir back in, you know, high school and junior high, it was always like, take that nervous energy and turn it into passion. And so I think it's the same thing. Change that anger and just turn it into like, go home and write, work on that script you haven't wrote on in exactly. you know, three go sit down and, and get it done.
2: And it and it is obviously easier said than done because there's mm-hmm. times where I have let it affect me. And right. it's like now I look back, I wasted that portion of my time that I could have used it for something else. Right. You know, so that's a thing that I'm currently constantly working on because mm-hmm. I just don't want to have any more wasted energy. Right. No,
1: absolutely.
0: I love that advice. It's so easy to fall into the whirlpool of doubt or frustration and let it drive you. But to adjust the lens and view your experiences as fuel for your art is a wonderful way to keep your passion going. After all, if art is an imitation of life, then we have to practice imitating our own lives as well. And we can do that by just thinking about the experiences that we go through and noting how we feel about it all throughout the journey. And finally, advice for surviving Los Angeles. For that, we turn to Todd. Don't.
1: <laughs> stay away.
3: Stay away. Now, that's what I will always say to somebody because mm-hmm. if you tell them to stay away and they don't, mm-hmm. then okay, then this is what it's meant for them. People told me to stay away. Mm-hmm. People said no to me, but I'm here and now I'm finally doing finally doing my dream. It right. was not easy. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's, this is not a business for people to get into because they think it's going to be fun. Right. It has to be. This has to be your calling. Right. Absolutely. This has to be what you're meant to do. You cannot do anything else. And I always said, even when I was uh, in high school, that I don't want to be an old man rocking in a rocking chair and saying, I did not try my hardest. Mm-hmm. You know, if you try if you are good with the fact that you've tried your hardest and mm-hmm. you can't do it, then then okay. But I still think there's room and I'm still going.
1: Any real quick advice just final advice for writers or directors out there in general?
3: Um, I, I would say one of my, my biggest Pieces of advice and it has worked very well with me mm-hmm. is to always have a plan b that you are in love with mm-hmm. so i spent as much time planning my plan b as i do my plan a right because more often than not i'm always going to plan b mm-hmm. i learned that on scary larry and so with all through the house i had i had my plan a and plan b mm-hmm. literally plan a was this page and plan b was right behind it right and i gave it just as much of a as attention and that saved us so much time.
0: Having another plan that you're in love with, that really resonates with me because as an actor, I can also take that to mean my own career. If acting doesn't necessarily work out the way I expect to, what's something else that I love doing? How can two passions support one another? There's always another choice. So to learn more from the incredible Todd Nunez, you can scroll back in your podcast feeds to episode 33, And you can follow him on social media at Todd underscore Nunez on Twitter. To learn more about the other Nunez sibling, Ashley Mary Nunez, listen to episodes 11 and 12, and you can also find her on Instagram at girl, the number one, D-E-R, 2002. So that reads at girl one, der, 2002. What did you guys think of our special Rewind Hustle episode? We're trying new things over here at Team Hustle. So hearing from our community is always appreciated. You can reach out to us on Twitter at LA Hustlecast, on Instagram and Facebook at Hollywood Hustle Podcast, or you can email us at Hollywood Hustle Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, if you can, just take a few moments to leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. Our all of our podcast episodes are free and we'll always continue to do so. So if you could just do us a favor and Uh, help support us in that way we would really appreciate it if you want to financially contribute to the production of this episode and many more episodes to come you can visit our homepage over at anchor.fm and you can sign up to give monthly contributions as well if you feel like it but no worries our episodes will continue to remain free so just keep listening this episode was brought to you by team hustle daniel tuttle is our executive producer and host this episode was hosted and produced by yours truly, Michael Lutheran. Also, special shout out to Eric Waldman for assisting me with finding all of the clips you heard on today's episode. Now, next week, we're back with the Halloween hustle film commentary of the original 1988 film Child's Play, starring the handsome doll devil himself, Chucky. Again, major love and congrats to Daniel and his wife on their beautiful addition to their family. I'm off to get married, folks. So until next time, keep up the hustle.